a plot twist for you, Matt. I didn't want to spend the three ninety nine or suffer the brain cells, so I watched the dead meat kill count to get the summary. <laughs> oh, fuck you, man. And decided to watch Spider-Man 1 and 2 instead. I'm so mad at you right now. Welcome to season three of Matt McZack Watch Horror Movies. Return to Haddonfield with the horror bros on their quest to watch the entire saga of Mikey Myers from the brand new horror lair. So you, dear listener, can witness the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Are you too high for this? More? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt, and I'm sorry. And he is... Dead inside. That's Zach, having the correct opinion about the two films we watched back-to-back this week. What did I make you watch this week, Zach? And again, I'm so sorry. Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2. Double feature episode, baby. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't want to drag this out into two episodes. Pretty much, yeah. For, for different reasons for uh, each other, but uh-huh. mine, I don't want to be mean to Rob. He seems like a nice man. I don't have any personal <laughs> attachment to Rob Zombie. I do not know the man. Watch one interview with him and you'll be like, I kind of like him, like as a person. Again, he's like a polite vegan. You wouldn't expect it. <laughs> but I'm sure, so that's why this is an objective take on his movies. From my end, <laughs> I have no bias against, uh, towards or against right. this man. Okay. Good, good. So, Zach, what is your bias towards these films? How do you feel? Halloween 1. I, w- I want to sincerely apologize to the Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> this is now the worst movie of all time that I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Ever. That we gotta get you watching more movies, man. I've seen Thanks Killing. I've seen Raptor Jesus. I've seen The Room. We've talked about why bad, good bad movies are are good and watchable. They make choices. But this one made all the choices that re- every choice is a choice that resulted in me hating it more. Fair enough. Sometimes so, that happens too. So that's one. And two. Uh, I just hated two. Um, I've got a plot twist for you, Matt. I didn't want to spend the three ninety nine or suffer the brain cells, so I watched the dead meat kill count to get the summary. <laughs> oh, fuck you, man. And decided to watch Spider-Man 1 and 2 instead. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> so the second, the back half of this episode is just going to be me screaming into the void alone. <laughs> kill count does a very good summary. He really does. I did actually, I always actually watch them before, mm-hmm. like after before an episode so after i finished the first one i was like no and just I, pulled up his and i was just like I'm, i i I'm agree not. with did you watch the one for the first halloween yeah. i think he has the best summation of rob zombie when he works and when he doesn't which is gory sexy music videos mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah and when he's left to his own devices i enjoy that mm-hmm. <laughs> like 
if both of these movies weren't parts of the Halloween franchise, they would go up like 10% each for me. It's most, most of my disdain, at least for part one is because I'm like, why is this movie called fucking Halloween? Yeah. If this was just Rob zombie makes a movie about a slasher, I'd be like, I'm kind of into this. Like it's a Halloween ripoff, but I'm kind of into it. What? Why does Michael look like he's in Slipknot? That's just because Tyler Bain has long hair. <laughs> but why does he have a, like, these movies, the main feeling that I have after him was, like, edgy and cringy. Like, cringy of how edgy it was trying to be. All right. I That's think what got, I got, got out We got to just get into it. Yeah. Um, I don't think the problem is necessarily in the edginess. It's how serious it takes its edginess. Yeah, it's so too edgy. <laughs> Well, no, because like I've seen like edgy movies that have their. T- I've seen Rob Zombie movies where the violence mm-hmm. is is brutal and it's kind of edgy and like some might call it, you know sadistic in a way like mm-hmm. people who don't like them. Um, but like his tongue is planted pretty firmly in cheek. You know, I mean, like House of Thousand Corpses features a character named Captain Spaulding who's a clown who sells fried chicken. Yeah. His tone is firmly in cheek, yeah. even though it is also a movie where a character quotes Charles Manson and then murders a girl. Yeah. You know, and in this, I feel like it's his mainstream like debut after making two smaller budget horror films. And this he's like, I'm a serious filmmaker. Take me seriously. Which is unfortunate. See, if there's a character named Dr. Sane in this movie, right? I would be like, all right, that's you're not trying to be too edgy, but like the even in the beginning when it's like the trailer park, like they're hellbillies, hellbillies, yes, just like screaming at each other, just like give me some uh, variation amongst that. What makes me okay, what makes me angriest about that, and this is where you're going to maybe disagree with me mm-hmm. is he proves later in the film. He is capable of that kind of variation of character with what I think is a genuinely interesting take on Sam Loomis and Malcolm McDowell is giving a genuinely good performance. I actually the, think this uh, is the one thing I will defend in both movies. I think all of the acting is actually pretty good The like across the board. Single good thing about the movie was Sam Loomis yeah the take where he become in the second one like becomes a author and is trying to just sell his books and right. stuff he, he is given actually up I'm actually like oh that's a really cool place to take that like or, that the first movie is all about him trying so hard to yeah. save this kid and then realizing I can't so the second movie is him going well fuck it I'll cash in yeah that's a character arc yeah something these movies are otherwise absent of <laughs> yeah. that uh, I will say, yeah, I com- which I completely forgot about, but that that was the one good I, thing about this movie. I think ov- overall, I think genuinely, Rob Zombie is a pretty good director of actors. I mm-hmm. think he gets good performances out of his cast, and the unfortunate thing is that he wants so bad for Michael Myers to be the main character that you don't get to see what everybody is capable of, except for Sam Loomis, mm-hmm. and that's just because Malcolm McDowell is Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Like, when's he which, bad? I've never seen a bad Malcolm McDowell performance. Which, to get a comparison to the original Loomis, like, they got a yeah. pretty good actor for that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 
like yeah, screaming an angry British fam- old man. Fantastic <laughs> British character actor. Uh, and I, I, I love the, the take that he's just like, I watched this little boy become evil mm-hmm. because, and I think this is the, the biggest flaw with both of these movies. And it's something that could be interesting, but we've proven in two, in three very bad movies now, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He wants Michael Myers to be Frankenstein. Yeah. And Which, it just doesn't work for Michael. In, in Dead Meets Kill Counts, he keeps saying how, like, this is the scariest Michael, like, and he said it pretty neutrally. I think that's a bad thing because it just turns him into, like, a Jason rather than, like, the stalker, the shape that, like, Michael Myers I th- is. I think he has more sympathy for Michael than, like, he might you might for, like, a Jason. Mm-hmm. Like, those movies have no sympathy for anyone. Yeah. They're just garbage I mean, and fun. I th- mean, the dynamic of but, the slasher, like, the physicality and everything yeah, like that. If he's just this I, hulking monster, kind of changes. I, I actually... In, this is another thing that most yeah, I genuinely like Tyler Maine's physical performance as Michael. If he wasn't I Michael, he is, I'd agree. Like if Yeah, it, if he was just if if you gave Rob Zombie yeah. fucking give him the Texas Chainsaw franchise and let him go to town. I mean that's what House From of, the beginning House I of was a Thousand like, Corpses is actually fully him doing Texas Chainsaw. But in the beginning I was like I'm sorry, is I forgot this was Halloween. I thought it, we're following the tales of little Bubba or something. Right. Like even the choice of the actor looks like a little Bubba yeah. instead of the skinny man. Yes. <laughs> I've got no problem with big hulking Michael. I've yeah. got no problem with Tyler Maine. He is mm. saber tooth and X-Men. Yeah. He is I'm forever in his debt. That movie rules. Yeah. Um, it, yes, it does. <laughs> but hey, yeah. hey Zach, huh. you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Huh. Same thing as everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to talk about these fucking movies, man. Yeah, I th- um, I think what you said in the beginning of if this just wasn't a Halloween movie, it would be fine. Yeah, like right now, and you'll you'll disagree with me. I Part of it is nostalgia for that first mm-hmm. movie, um, which I have no nostalgia for the second. This is a first time watch for mm-hmm. me. Um, but like I saw that like when I was like 19 and just starting to get into horror movies and I love Rob Zombie's music mm-hmm. and I like some of his other movies. Um, I think he has a strong visual aesthetic, if nothing else, that I always mm-hmm. find interesting. So like I found things to like hold on to in mm-hmm. that first one where I was like, get a good grip. Don't fall off the mountain. I'm giving this like, two stars out of five you know like it's still watchable but i wouldn't recommend it like if you could if you find yourself a late night on cable and you're like the only thing on is halloween i'll be like hey watch it i, I have another confession to make okay i skipped around in the first one <laughs> fair enough <laughs> i would get to points where i'm like oh this scene is still going let me go to the next yeah. scene and then i ended up on bob and i was like oh so the first half was like a shitty Phantom Menace of Michael Myers. Yeah. And then the second half is a shitty recreation of the original. Halloween, but rushed. Yeah. I, I will say, I don't think that the second half of this movie is entirely Rob Zombie's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, join me in saying it because they were still the producers here. Fuck, Fuck the em. Weinsteins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Akkads get Rob Zombie because he's like the new hot horror director after Devil's Rejects. And the House of Thousand Corpses are like surprise hits mm. from a game named Zombie. Yeah. Um, he's like one of the hot horror people. Remakes are big right now, especially big, glossy remakes that I think all take themselves too seriously, mm. except for the Friday the 13th remake, which owns. Um, I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, we're going to get to some. The franchise we're doing soon. <laughs> but uh, I think they told he, he gets hired by the Akkads. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, sadly, Mustafa has died. He was killed in a terrorist attack. It's, it's a total bummer. Uh, his son has taken over the franchise since and is actually still a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's responsible for 2018. Yeah, I saw um, yeah. when I was rewatching 2018, a little Amazon thing that popped up said that Jamie Lee Curtis hadn't seen him since his dad died and like oh. immediately cried when oh. she saw him on set. I was like, oh. Well, I mean, he's a cod's the one through line. It's yeah. sort of like the, like I compared it to the Broccoli's and, uh, James Bond, mm-hmm. you know, when uh, Broccoli Sr. died, Sean Connery, who had a huge mean falling out with him where they just talked shit each about each other for years, still went to his house and like said goodbye and was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, thanks for my career. Like, mm-hmm. that's what these people mean to these movies. Yeah. So it's, it's it's cool when one person can be an auteurist voice like that. Yeah. But uh, back to a tourist vision I don't care for. Um, <laughs> He gets hired by them, and they're kind of like, you can do whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. even famously, Rob Zombie reaches out to John Carpenter, who's one of his favorite directors, and is saying, like, you know, they want me to make a Halloween movie. I think I'm going to do it. Are you okay with that? And John Carpenter says, like, the one thing I'll tell you is don't try to remake my movie. That's a John Carpenter movie. You should go make a Rob Zombie movie. Uh, that reminded me of... Another thing I want to mention, it felt disrespectful to put John Carpenter's music in this fucking movie. Right, you have to. Like. But it felt like the second the score started playing, I was, I was just like, this feels like just spitting on like the well, legacy they, of John Carpenter. They use Carpenter. it in weird places, like when he kills the kid from Spy Kids. I'm like, why is the score playing right now? Yeah, like the rock version that I didn't like in one of the other sequels would have been fit. fitting yeah. in this. Not the sense. And yeah, like, this is a pretty straightforward version of it unfortunately yeah but, but um as you're saying he he shows up and notoriously the Weinsteins are basically like oh yeah 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 yeah. no we signed off on you but here's how you're gonna make the movie so i think i would like this movie a little bit more the more he divorced it from john carpenter's version i could come around to this in in a way i still wouldn't like it because I just am so attached yeah. to those other Halloween movies at this point in my life, but like, didn't you say the second one was like all him though? <sighs> Depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Um, but he gets there, and I think they're the ones who are like, no, the second half of your movie just has to be a remake, mm. which like sucks for him. And he said like, I just wound up exhausted because like every day I'd come to set, and uh, not the evilest Weinstein, the second one, mm-hmm. uh, would just be like, oh, here's what you're doing fucking wrong, dude. Because what you did wrong in the dailies yesterday. And I'd be like, you were literally there yesterday. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like to the point where Rob Zombie didn't want to make Halloween 2. Yeah. But I think you know, the, the biggest problem with Halloween 1 is it kind of... I don't need a backstory for Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to do that, you need to divorce it completely from Carpenter's version. Yeah. And if they had done that, I could maybe be into it. Yeah. But right now it sits at like a, I don't regret watching it, which I know is different than you. <laughs> yeah, that's totally, I, I will say I, I have a little, I'm the right age. It's 2007. I have a little bit of nostalgia goggle for it. I will say I finished watching the Blair Witch. I did not skip around during Fair that enough. movie. <laughs> Early days of the podcast. You hadn't learned yet. <laughs> At least I stuck it up. That one, there's enough going on and enough interest 
Like yeah. I said, I'd like to formally apologize to the Blair Witch after this movie. <laughs> I told you, man, you're going to be begging for Halloween 3. It's a fucking masterpiece. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were correct. <laughs> I did not know yet. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, kudos to him. He at least tried to do something different, bring something new to the franchise, treat Michael like he's real. But I'm like, at the end of the day then you can't do the ending of this movie where yeah. he's not a real serial killer anymore. The same way if you want to make him sympathetic, he can't, you know, it. So, some stuff actually like reinventing it works like the, you'll disagree with me entirely, but Ghost Bob and Linda hmm. being in the Myers house and him killing them makes more sense <laughs> if you're going to, because now they're, it's, it's Leatherface. They're trespassing on his land, damn it. Yeah, James A. But then, said that too. Yeah, yeah, but then he can't, go to the sheriff brackets house and murder a random person yeah that also, doesn't make sense now yeah i have no none of the sympathy you want me to have for him yeah because also that was another thing of like do not need all this booba and specifically every single girl who died was naked and naked while getting murdered hey did you see who came back one of Lori's best friends one of the topless ones Daniel Harris from Halloween 4 and 5. Yes, the child that we watched. Yes, it's uncomfortable. A week or two ago. <laughs> I, I think she's very good in these movies, though. And actually, apparently, the topless thing, that was like kind of her suggestion. Shouldn't have taken it regardless. <laughs> oh, no, it's in the second one. It was her suggestion. But mm. you did not watch it. So she does not die in the first one, which is an interesting new change. She died in the second one. Yep. But Na- naked and yep. I will because in, in the second one it almost makes sense because she's about to get in the bathtub and he kills her. So well, in like the original Halloween, it's like they they have that, but it's like a little more tasteful instead of like oh, r- r- them r- just going at Rob it. Rob Zombie and wants like, to make a gritty exploitation movie that's like over the top, but in this movie, it. I don't think it'll ever work for you. We'll get to yeah. more exploitation movies and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't even seem to entirely work for you in the original Halloween from when we <laughs> talked about it. But uh, it has its place within the genre. But like in the original Halloween, it's kind of funny and cheeky and like, ah, mm. and then moving on. Yeah. Whereas like in this, it's taking itself so seriously that I'm like, you can't have fun with nudity. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Like... Friday the 13th movies are all exploitative trash. Sure. Bust out the boobs. Whatever. <laughs> um, although the best one has none in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I. I uh, just. Yeah. What uh, is it he says in those kill counts? Like, call me an SJW. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, like this is just excessive. <laughs> like, I, I am a married adult, not a horny teenage boy right i don't need booba in my movies well and like i was listening to something and they were talking about slashers in the 80s and like even comedies in the 80s and it's like oh well yeah because you could like sell a movie on that because the internet didn't exist like yes porky's has aged poorly and its sexual politics are wild (laughs) um and offensive um but Really, that movie was made for teenage boys to like be like, oh, thank God I rented it. <laughs> Whereas now you don't have to do that. So maybe we don't need it in our fucking movies, Rob. Um, and it's in this movie in the way it's presented. 
I guess at least it's pretty non-sexualized because I'm just upset the whole time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about fucking Halloween too, and I'm getting mad. Uh, I Yo, told you, so like, I came prepared. Man. So, like, how did you feel about uh, Angel Mom? Um, that's Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon. Yeah, um, Sherry Moon Zombie, great name, Mrs. Zombie. Um, yeah, she's good in House of Thousand Corpses. Her performance is fine in this. I don't but know why she's like a stripper. Angel Mom. Yeah. Oh, in Halloween too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be fine with it if it passed without commentary. Mm-hmm. What you didn't get, where you get in the kill counts, where it's just like flashes of her, and mm-hmm. he goes and does stuff. Um, it's different than the movie where he literally has full-on conversations with her, oh, boy. where they explain what's happening, and I that feels like a studio note. Like I'm yeah. sure Rob Zombie was like, "It'll be a cool montage," and they were like, "We well, have to have her explain she's a ghost." So it's like her and little boy Michael like talking to him, and then also maybe Laurie can see them too, maybe, but it's not clear. Yeah. Like. <sighs> fucking hate this movie dude trying trying to make a movie that has elements or anything related to music videos has never worked for me and i think has it just taken me out of it works in his other movies where they're bigger and more over the top in their mm-hmm. tone um and it, actually there is a sequence where it's the best sequence in the whole fucking movie mm-hmm. and even it's like a six out of ten but um, it, it works. Mm. It, it finds his style for me being very effective. It is that when Daniel Harris gets killed, initially, like, you see her about to get in the bath. She turns, she sees Michael cut to black. Mm. And then Lori comes into the house, and the whole house is wrecked. And as she walks through each... Uh, it's Turno. <laughs> oh, no. The headphones just unplugged a little bit. Okay. <laughs> And as she walks through each room in the house, which is now like a mess, she'll like walk into a room and you'll see it play out how it became a mess. Hmm. And she'll go into the next room and you'll see a montage of him attacking her there hmm. and so on and so forth. And I actually found that like kind of cool and effective and still music video-y, but like used with intent. Hmm. I think that's my biggest problem with Halloween 2 is I have no idea what Rob Zombie's intent is with that movie. Hmm. Does he want to offer a commentary on America's obsession with violence, like in The Devil's Rejects? I don't know. Yeah. It kind of touches on that with Loomis, and then it just moves on, and it's like, but he's an all right guy. Yeah. You know, like, does it want to touch on the, It want, does it want to talk about trauma in slasher films and what a returning final girl can mean for a franchise, the way that it works in Scream and H2O in 2018? Um, he kind of does. And then he just kind of moves on from it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, he just keeps on picking up. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> Done with that. <laughs> oh, I got one of the finest character actors of his generation, Brad Dorif, Oscar nominee, voice of Chucky to play Sheriff Brackett. Better only put him in like two scenes. <sighs> yeah. And I love Brad Dorif so much. And he gives such a good performance in two. Yeah. That it like bums me out that they it he and Lori should be the focal point with Loomis and Michael being background characters. Yeah. And they they aren't. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Although the movie did get one laugh out of me. That was I think it was intended to be a laugh. One of Lori's friends goes off to like hook up with a guy and the whole time he keeps on a werewolf mask. 
<laughs> I don't know why, but that was very funny to me. <laughs> She's like clearly coming on to him, and he's like, Haha, "Better keep in my werewolf mask." <laughs> <laughs> also the origin of michael myers mask the guy just wanting to wear it during sex and then michael fight stupid little yeah. boy michael with the yeah. oversized mask i i actually find that in halloween 2 when uh laurie puts on the mask both very compelling images i have no problem with him getting the mask as a kid hmm. it's a spooky mask i like the mask in these two movies Especially, I actually like the deteriorating mask in two. Yeah. I like it in kills. I like it here. Yeah. You know. The, the mask did not look stupid. <laughs> yeah. Did look stupid on, on an oversized on a little boy as he's chasing his sister down the hallway. <laughs> it worked for me. It was like fine. Yeah. You know. Because to me, it was the same but as. I, uh, I like the idea of him longing for the mask. Like that's his cover that uh, he wants to return to. I think that's why I like it. But yeah, the image is a little goofy. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea, but. I, don't know, I just don't like him getting it as a kid because it was the same thing as me in like five when it's not tucked into the suit yeah. and it just looks goofy. It like, it looks like me wearing the mask. Right. But again, I can, I don't know if that's Rob Zombie's fault or not. Cause I can fully see the Weinstein yeah. say, well, you got to get him in the mask earlier. Well, I think that's it's like, you don't, I think that's an interesting <laughs> conversation then of like, cause I'm looking at this, like, don't know rob zombie don't right. care rob zombie this is like just the movie itself like so taking rob zombie out of it yeah like does I, it I, I was much more able to do that with two because yeah. like i said i have no attachment to it i'm like this is like one of the worst movies i've ever <laughs> fucking watched yeah so that's um, why i wonder if like you didn't have any nostalgia for the first yeah. one or anything if you'd still feel the I, same I, way. I probably wouldn't like it I, I can admit that to myself yeah. <laughs> like, i'm sorry rob you seem like a very cool dude Hellbilly Deluxe is one of my all-time favorite records. <laughs> like, I've no, I this is the first Rob Zombie movie I see. Zach, he's a delight. I'm sure he's delightful. I, my opinion on these movies do not reflect my opinion of Rob Zombie. Watch, watch History of Horror, where it's him, Greg Nicotero, who does all the makeup effects Walking and Dead. stuff for Walking Dead, mm -hmm. and he's just a legend. Yeah. Um, and Eli Roth sitting at a table talking. Eli Roth, who, who I hate, his all of his movies. Um, his name sounds familiar. <laughs> he's the Bear Jew. Oh yeah, in uh, Inglorious Bastards, he makes bad movies like Hostel. Um, <laughs> I did not know he makes movies. Yes, that's how he and uh, Quentin Tarantino became friends. Hold on, Tarantino loves his movies. I need because I feel like I've seen a movie that he did. His name sounds. Uh, knock knock with Keanu Reeves. You sucked my dick. <laughs> <laughs> House of the Clock and its Walls. Green Inferno. I feel like what what was that movie that was kind of like a parody uh on the omen had the uh guy from Parks and Rec. Oh no, that's not Eli Roth. What was the movie called? Uh Little Evil. I, I think know. that's the same guy who did Tucker and Dale. Yeah, I feel like they have similar names. I think so. I love, love so. There's a bunch of people oh. with the last name Roth. Who like I'm like our screenwriters and stuff and Eli Craig. Oh, okay, there you go. That's why I thought that was. I want to say like Mark Roth like wrote like Forrest Gump or something. <laughs> like... Yeah, because when you're saying it, I was like, but yeah. well, even when took him to like, oh, good. Too good. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't Wrong shit person. on Eli Roth too much. He seems like he'd be very fun to hang out with. Yeah. Um, I just don't really like his movies, but I I actually have heard good things about Knock Knock. Maybe I should watch it. 
Yeah. It's one where uh, two women uh, break into Keanu's house. Oh, yeah. I feel and like they're like, want to have a threesome, but then they're mean. But <laughs> 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 then they're mean. Well, like it's like a thriller. Like There's yeah. a turn where they're like, we're going to tie you up and steal all your shit and tell your family about it. Yeah. And that's when he goes like, no, you broke into my house. You sucked my dick. <laughs> that's the only part of that movie I know. Because in an interview, Eli Roth was like, Keanu is totally self-aware totally loves to joke about himself and he came up to me and was like hey man i need my fbi agent moment and i was like what he goes in every movie that i'm in i get to a moment where i get to yell what i do (laughs) he was like what he's like yeah you know devil's advocate i go i'm a lawyer fucking point break i go like i am an fbi agent so they like on the day keanu was like what if i just yell you sucked my dick <laughs> I love Keanu. yeah which makes me think like oh so they're in on the joke on this movie maybe i'd like it but uh, <laughs> which and as you've seen samurai i named him samurai <laughs> so i could say wake up samurai we've got a city to burn <laughs> Keanu Reeves says that. nice nice but but uh this is a delightful interview where they bring up some movie and Rob Zombie goes like, ah, oh, not too scary for me, man. I don't watch those kinds of movies. <laughs> and like Eli Ross, like what? He's like, oh yeah, no, that movie freaked me out as a kid. I don't watch it. <laughs> Cause he talks like this. He's just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm from like the East coast. Uh, my name's Rob. I'm a vegan. <laughs> the guy wrote a song called everybody's fucking in the UFO. He yeah. rules. Yeah. These yeah. movies are bad. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's an interesting like topic though of like separating the person from the movie right. and like because it could be like two separate discussions yeah. like on either side. But like if you like the director, if that makes you more biased towards the movie, or if you dislike a director, you're automatically gonna dislike the movie. Because right, I, I feel that... like that's a little bit of why um, I really didn't like Knives Out. I'm already biased like against Ryan Johnson. You watch so. other movies; they're all very good. Last Jedi is probably bottom of my list of his mm-hmm. movies, but and I and I love Last Jedi. But. Yeah, but it's like that thing of like I'm biased against him, so yeah, I already sure. went into the movie like that. But you got to learn to remove that to some degree. Yeah, um, like I I I removed it from fucking Halloween too. Uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, or a director can, that be, I like, it can be really hard. Like I always go into a Spielberg movie rooting for Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Which makes me like defend Ready Player One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I was like on the opposite side with Dune, like Denny Villeneuve's like right favorite director, but I didn't. I I was I struggling with that. It. I was yeah. like, I love Denny Villeneuve, but like I'm not super into the movie. How I can't yeah. compute. <laughs> it is it is a tough thing when you first really get confronted with that. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, you're a few years younger than me. I'll tell you that in two seconds. But like I. You, you really the the other thing that i realized watching these movies was like oh these came out when i was 19 and i took myself too seriously yeah whereas like you're 25 now yeah you're at like the right age to not take yourself too seriously <laughs> finally like you never seemed to from I what mean, i i know but that was my tarantino phase yeah in high school when it was like, like movies <laughs> well yeah and it, it also like movies get better mm-hmm. because like now I'm like, Oh, Pulp Fiction's a comedy. Yeah. I can laugh at this movie. I'm yeah. supposed to, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, 
oh, Knives Out is borderline a satire on the genre it is. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> whereas when I was 19, I probably would have been, oh, I figured out who the killer was. <laughs> and like, that's the entire point of that movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you have a good Daniel Craig? <laughs> Daniel Craig in those. Yeah. I say, I say, I say, boy, I do not have a good Daniel Craig, but I have a fantastic Foghorn Leghorn from Looney Tunes. I love him in that movie he talks so much. More with his throat. Yeah. Oh, if you want to see the best Daniel Craig doing an over-the-top Southern accent, you mm. got to watch a movie I like more than Knives Out, Controversial Statement, because mm. I think a lot of people didn't like it when it came out, is... um. Uh, oh fuck! What's it called? I keep wanting to call it Ocean Seven Eleven. It's the one. It's him, Channing Tatum, and Adam Driver mm. playing like white trash, and it's from oh, the director of yeah, Ocean's yeah, Eleven. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, they call it Ocean Seven Eleven as like a joke. Yeah. Um, I need to watch that. He plays like a white trash dude who has escaped from jail. So he's like right down here, man. He's like a little bit of that boom hair, buddy. <laughs> hey, friend. And Adam Driver is there, just like. Well, I do not know, sir, what you are saying. <laughs> but the thing about this is you got to, well, well, I think it's a little thick. It's fantastic. It's the I, best I, Daniel I Craig performance of all movie. time. It's so good. Because that just sounds Steven like an amazing Soderberg. combo. I like Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but speaking of hillbillies. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah, yeah what if they much. weren't likable? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I don't know what else to say um, about these. Movies. I do feel bad for Rob with these two movies mm-hmm. when you like listen to interviews because then he doesn't want to make Halloween two. He's like exhausted. He wants to go make his Groucho Marx movie so bad, mm-hmm. or his movie about hockey um, that sounds pretty good. Where he's like, yeah, think about like the level of violence that I bring in effects work. I hire all those dudes to make a hockey movie. Mm-hmm. Like when people hit each other, it would rule. Like, I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Like, a hockey movie with effects by Greg Nicotero? That sounds dope. Yeah. Like, but um, he can't get funding for it and he's frustrated. And somebody's like, oh, I went in for an interview about uh, Halloween 2, but I told him no because you're like my friend. He's like, they're making a fucking Halloween 2? Mm-hmm. I feel bad for whoever directs that. And the more he thinks about it, he's like, well, but like, I'm not entirely happy with that first movie, but like, I'm proud that I made it. Yeah. So he reaches out to them and he says, if you give me total control, I will do Halloween too. Cause that first Halloween was like a huge hit. Yeah. Like, I think it was like the highest grossing in the franchise until 2018. Mm. And it was like the highest grossing film for like a labor day weekend or something mm-hmm. for like 10 years. Something mm. crazy where you're like, really Rob Zombie's Halloween. Huh, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like we we talked about a lot of directors' first movies are horror because there's a built-in audience. Yeah, Halloween has a built-in oh, audience, yeah. and Rob Zombie has a built-in following. Like, yeah. it, and it was probably like smart counter-programming to whatever mm. big blockbuster was coming yeah. out. You know, it was perfect timing for it. Kind yeah. of thing. But it also seems like Halloween starts the trend with all the other slashers because like it was like rob zombies and then the friday reboot the nightmare reboot nah this one that kickstarts it all just like in uh in the 70s is um the remake of texas chainsaw massacre huh. that movie comes out i always so, forget that came first yeah it's a remake it comes out in like 2004 2005 and it's mm. a huge hit mm-hmm. um and it's one of the more well-regarded remakes i have my own feelings about it mm-hmm 
but I, I like it a lot better than these movies. Which we um, get too soon. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Because <laughs> you weren't. Yeah, it took me a second, but I was like, there's something on my jacket. <laughs> the good big boy in the skinny minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, he shows up and he gets there and he has said that like he's still burnt out. He still hates the Weinsteins. He's hoping he'll really just have to deal with a cod, you know? Mm-hmm. And fucking Weinstein shows up to set every fucking day. And he starts pulling up clips on like his his like iPad and being like, shoot it like this. Don't you know how to make a Halloween movie? Mm-hmm. And he starts showing him clips from Halloween one. From Rob Zombie's Halloween. To the point where Rob Zombie's like, again, like, what the fuck are you talking about? I made that movie two years ago. Oh, well, yeah, but you know, we need more of the mask. So then he has to add a scene with the mask. <laughs> the ghosts need to talk. No one will understand the ghosts. Which, like, if he just saw his mom and it was like, oh, that must be his motivation. Like, I would get that. Yeah. But clear, that is totally a, a studio note, it feels like, of like, no one will understand what she's there for. Uh, <laughs> um, my, one of, I will say the one thing I love is he did, like, an AMA and somebody was like, you know, the symbolism of it being um, a horse, they say that in blah, 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 mythology and like dream theory and all this stuff. And like, and that's clearly what the horse is a metaphor for. Right. And he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the horse is because she gives him a toy horse. And they're like, well, yes, but you chose a white horse because of such and such and such and such. And he was like, no, I just thought it would like look good on camera. Like realistically, she probably wouldn't give her you know 12 year old son a red uh, a white horse give him like a red fire truck but a red fire truck would look stupid as shit (laughs) like not everything is that deep guys (laughs) which is again why i'm like listen to one interview with rob zombie and you'll be like i like this dude (laughs) like i said none of my opinions on these movies reflect my opinions rob yeah i I love you rob but maybe you think halloween 2 is bad let me know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but from here on out, um, he does make a good movie. Uh, uh, I think his most mature film after this, he makes Lords of Salem, which is a really interesting mm-hmm. movie. It's basically Rob Zombie's Suspiria, mm-hmm. where as like with the old one, which is like an Italian movie, which has like a plot that makes no sense. And it's all about the visuals. I'm like, yeah, it's perfect for Rob. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is the intent with that movie. You are confused and it looks cool. <laughs> like confused in a good way where you're like, what is happening? And then at the end stuff happens and you're like, oh shit. And it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And not a hellbilly in sight. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And Ken Forey's back. The uh, big guy that uh, Michael steals his jumpsuit from. Oh. I love that actor. Yeah. He's like one of the main characters in it. He rules. Yeah, on the kill count, uh, he was saying how he's like a legendary horror actor. Oh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead is probably what he's most well known for, but he's also excellent in... Why am I forgetting the name of every movie today? He's great in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But actually, he's great in another Rob Zombie movie. He's very good in The Devil's Rejects Hmm. as the owner of the liquor store, appropriately titled Pussy Liquor. Again, Rob like, Zombie has a sense of humor that is absent from these two films. I feel like we need to watch like the that series, the Three from Hell trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that 
that seems like the best representation of why you would like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Can we just wrap <laughs> up this episode? Yeah. So any closing thoughts there? Um, don't cut yourself on all the edges from this movie. Because <laughs> uh, it's in there. Um, what can I say other than the first movie I skipped through and the second one I just watched a YouTube summary. <laughs> I lost brain cells and I hated it. <laughs> Um, I think these movies have nothing else they're interesting um, I don't I don't completely regret watching them especially looking at it as the, their place within the franchise mm. is interesting as trying to reinvent something we were begging for something new um, how wrong I was yeah because <laughs> as we were watching it I flashed back to when I was like Frankenstein uh, Michael Myers, that would be interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> they do it, and they do it well here, and it's still bad. Like, it's very bad. <laughs> All right, but yeah, um, Malcolm McDowell, he's great. Yep. Um, he wants he wants referred to Rob Zombie as the most talented director I've worked with since Stanley Kubrick. So take with that what you will. Mm-hmm. Actors love Rob Zombie. He he's the type of director who will like let a scene play out in full, even if he knows they're not going to use it. Mm. So the actors get to a place. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Halloween 2 sucks. Halloween 1, if you catch it on cable, don't be mad at it. You know, I mean, you might be mad at it. But I was I, mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at it <laughs> if I didn't have to pay for it. I would not. Even uh, if I didn't have to I'm pay for it. I'm not saying I pirated this movie, but I did not pay for it. <laughs> even if I didn't pay for it, I would still be mad at it. And Halloween 2, you could not pay me to rewatch. So I literally thought about texting you, you cannot pay me to watch these movies. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that about does it for us here. Bad Mix Zach. Zach, where can everybody find you? Don't find me. And you can find me at I Draw Paintings <laughs> on Everything. Hit me up, Rob. Let's be friends. Yeah. Again, opinion on the movies Rob Zombie is not. Not yeah, even a yeah. thought in my process with these hey, movies. You made a movie, we didn't. Who are we to End judge? of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't got a clue for this because I hardly watched the movies. <laughs> I'm going to say it as exasperated as I am when I hear it, but mm-hmm. I can't forget it. I can't burn it out of my head. Dude. And on that note, <sighs> bitch, I will crawl over there and I will skull fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> As the Vox fades, we thank you for listening to this bizarre journey into cinema. If your morbid curiosities hunger for more, you may summon our horror bros at MacMakeZack.com, on Twitter and Instagram at MacMakeZack. Or if you dare, say George Lucas three times into a mirror for a visit from our phantom menaces. You may now return to your mortal plane of existence. Until next week, as Matt makes Zack sit through another chilling apparition. Mwahahahaha! <laughs>